0: Hi, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Smells Like Business, where you can learn more about the current and future state of cannabis, CBD, and hemp in Europe. We talk to different cannabis experts and entrepreneurs, making it easier for you to enter and better understand the cannabis industry. I'm your host, Tom, and today we have Claire Polis and Kyle Finley-Meyer on the show. They are a lovely couple who I had the pleasure of meeting at an online cannabis speed networking event. It was the first for me attending such an event and they were the first people I spoke to. Fortunately, they were absolutely lovely and it was their first time at such an event too. Claire and Kyle have spent the last year travelling North and Central America in their van while the world descended into Corona chaos. But as things are very slowly getting back to normal, they have decided to set up base in Arizona, which has just recently legalized cannabis. They have since launched their company called Sky Colony Consulting, where they help new cannabis businesses set up protocols, policies and systems for anything from harvesting and packaging right up to employee and retail management. Kyle comes from a more growing and harvesting background, whereas Claire has many years of experience working in the cannabis retail space, so together they make quite the team. We discuss their experiences of seeing cannabis grow from the illegal market to a legal one, as well as how they ended up working and growing in the industry, and how they are now carving their own space in the cannabis market. So I think you've heard enough from me, let's hear more from the founders themselves. So, hi, Claire. Hi, Kyle. Welcome to the show. How are you both doing today?
1: Feeling awesome, Tom. Thanks so much for having us. We've been enjoying the podcast a lot.
2: Yeah, thank you so much. We're really excited to take some time and chat with you today.
0: So perhaps we can start by you telling us a little bit about yourselves and what you were doing before you actually got into the cannabis industry.
2: Yeah, absolutely. So my name is Claire Polis. I'm half of Sky Colony Consulting and I am an amateur herbalist. I am a vegan cook. I am all about just plants as medicine. I'm originally from California and spent the last decade living in beautiful Washington state where I got into the cannabis industry. I actually got into cannabis pretty much right out of my university career. I was studying communications with the intention of being a mediator and doing dispute resolution and found out that simply was not the career path for me. And yeah, I had a little quarter-life crisis and decided to go live on a vegetable farm in part of the San Juans back in Washington State. And when I came back from that, I dove into the cannabis industry and have been in it since 2016.
0: And haven't looked back since.
2: Haven't looked back since.
0: And what about you, Kyle? What's your story then?
1: My name is Kyle Finleymeyer. I'm originally from Washington state. I started in agriculture working in fields and macro farms when I was 13 years old and kind of had a whole journey with that going into agricultural research and eventually small farming, which was definitely a passion. And then I kind of got a nudge eventually from some friends to uh, look into cannabis being, at that time, it was 2010, so it was a little bit more of an exciting industry, the quote-unquote legacy industry um, (laughs) of of cannabis. So I kind of translated my knowledge from farming into this plant in particular. Did you find that these skills were quite
0: transferable?
1: Oh yeah, totally. Yeah. A lot of the work is exactly the same thing. However, the new frontier with, the, with cannabis is when the climate is not conducive for the plant, the indoor gardening is a whole new thing, really.
0: Yeah, and I I can imagine quite a different thing as well.
1: Yeah, it's essentially a really scientific process to synthesize an entire environment for a plant and also a major overhead and investment to do that. So it's a little bit different from You know, working in a field and picking vegetables. (laughs) Yeah, so my first jobs were in southern Oregon and Northern California, kinda that that beautiful sweet spot for growing outdoor. And that's kinda where the the beginning was. And it was a really interesting time for it because it was the federal gray area period in the United States where, you know, maybe people had cards for growing plants and maybe they didn't, but it didn't really make a difference to the DEA at that time.
0: Yeah, that's pretty crazy. And actually, before we dive in and discuss Sky Colony Consulting, your your latest venture, I was thinking it'd be quite interesting to first talk about how you guys experienced the cannabis industry move from an illegal one to a legal one. Because, like you said, Kyle, it was kind of an interesting time. It was a bit of a gray area. You know, even if you did have a license or you know had a card, you could still get raided by the DEA. So, how was your personal experience seeing this transition?
1: Yeah, that's a really good question. I was kind of sharing one of the later stories of that with you the other day, and I'll I'll repeat that one. But yeah, we spent a lot of time, like I said, being really stressed out, like, you know, the growers coping with stress in whatever ways they could, especially since their investment was really on the line during that time. If uh, the DA would come in and take their plants, it would just be like an entire wipeout and There's nothing that could be, I mean, there's no insurance or anything for that at that time or anything, you know, so it's a big risk, a big reward time period. So for us, I mean, being relatively low on the totem pole to get those flyovers, which, you know, just like the sheriff aircraft, you know, (laughs) immediately running into the woods every time, every time an aircraft would come over, just complete paranoia. And also during that period of time in Northern California, I had some friends who were woken up by a sheriff raid like just busting in the door and taking them to jail and so just a lot of a lot of stress around it, especially for good people. Like my whole community during that time were really, really good humans who we were just providing that service that wasn't necessarily like something that everybody was okay with at that time. So the story kinda comes around to the first recreational grows i-502 grow in washington state my home state once that was legalized I'd, i moved back to help out with my experience with new licensees who maybe didn't have that same experience and, and within the first month the incident that happened which was like it kind of wiped a slate clean for me <laughs> as far as stress was that an alarm went off at the grow after hours and it being a, a new thing washington was one of the first places in the world to legalize recreational The law enforcement was really on edge about it and they showed up with six cars and guns drawn and expecting trouble with their whole lives having enforced laws against cannabis. So they came into the grow and my employer at the time was able to see the camera footage and then walking through this 30,000 foot canopy with guns drawn and looking for any trouble, not finding anything because it was a false alarm and then leaving the facility. Once I heard that story from my employer, it was like, all that stress that I had been experiencing for the previous five years, I kind of just realized at that time, like, wow, like, this is the power of democracy, truly, like the people coming together and saying, hey, instead of punishing people who are providing this plant to the world, we're actually now protecting them. And it was a big, pivotal moment for me.
0: And what a shift, right, from being prosecuted by the police to being protected by the police. Oh, yeah, totally. Yeah. I uh, I can imagine that must have been really, really strange. And what has it been like now for you guys since the industry has been legalized? I mean, is the stigma attached to cannabis finally disappearing over there? And do you think there's a lot of room for people to grow in the industry and also to develop their careers?
2: Personally, yes, actually. You know, if you're interested in the retail side or getting into the growth side, I think there's ample opportunity to start kind of at a base entry level position and then move your way up that's personally what I experienced. I was hired back in 2016 by this retail store who was just opening a new location. And yeah, it was an incredible opportunity because I was able to help them grow literally from before the store was open, cleaning the shelves, helping set up everything, tending to the garden outside, all the way up through my time to becoming the regional manager. And doing all the purchasing for the locations that we controlled. And so I think that if you are dedicated and you have the intention of growing within the industry, you'll have the opportunity to. Yeah,
1: I can echo Claire's uh, sentiment on that. I was doing primarily trimming 10 years ago, trimming and harvest and grunt labor kind of stuff, which is really important for sure all the way to being a brand ambassador to state sales representative for a grow. And also that's how I met Claire. I was on a sales run in Washington state. What sales runs look like for growers is that the sales representative will go around from store to store and give out vendor samples, which is eight grams of flour, you know, so we would, put together our best buds, And I would go around to, you know, 10 stores a day or something and drop off samples. And Claire was one of the people that I dropped samples to. And it was just <laughs> it was a unique <laughs> experience. She didn't
0: buy the weed.
2: I didn't buy the weed. <laughs> <laughs>
0: oh, okay. So I think the time has come now to talk a little bit about your latest venture, Sky Colony Consulting. So how would you actually describe the company in a few words? And what are your roles?
2: Yeah, so we provide guidance, tools, and promotional material for new and existing and growing cannabis businesses. We want to create structure that aligns with needs and values, and our slogan is taking the pain out of growing pains.
1: Yeah, so the primary way I believe I can help companies through skyline consulting is with manufacturing infrastructure, which is kind of where I focused at once legalization happened, which is everything from harvest to wholesaling. So essentially that's like creating products that serve different groups of people and managing inventory making sure that the plant is treated well throughout the process, which includes taking the actual buds off the plant and trimming them and packaging them. And what about you, Claire? Yeah, so through
2: Skycomy Consulting, I am a retail operations consultant, basically. So I specialize in creating operations infrastructure for retail stores, And a lot of that entails the creation of policy and protocol, hiring, really those what we call blind spot categories, where business owners, when they're getting into the industry, they don't really consider these aspects of business that really can make an incredible difference in your effectiveness and your ability to meet your goals. You know, one thing that Kyle and I have in common is that we took years of trial and error to create these processes and protocols for our individual employers before we were able to find the kind of sweet spot of creation of policy and protocol that allowed the staff that we looked over to thrive as well as the business. And one thing that Sky Colony Consulting intention is to work directly with license holders and business owners and their management teams and tailor our offerings to each company's ethos and mission. You know, our intention is to help. That's what we know we're both here for, you know, in like the grander scheme of this life and also, you know, in this microcosm of the cannabis industry. We just want to help business owners grow so that cannabis can become more readily available. And yeah, we want to work with companies and individuals whose ethos matches ours. And I also want to come back to what you said earlier about the like stigma. You know, I think that's a universal issue is the stigma of cannabis. And one perspective that I found through working with one of my previous employers, um, I met this amazing man named Mike Eastead. He's a free speech attorney and he created a nonprofit that ran out of the back of our retail space called the Center for Mindful Use, and their perspective was shifting from the just say no with an N-O to just say no with a K-N-O-W, and really pushing the education of cannabis and how it can help with a plethora of different challenges that people experience in their mental, physical well-being. And another person who I'd really love to mention is Nancy Southern. She is a cannabis educator for the senior community. And I think, you know, especially in places where the over 45, 55, 65 individuals are the people who are the policymakers, having them understand the importance of this plant and how it can personally affect them in a positive light and, you know, help shift their lives is so incredibly vital. We were listening to your one of your previous episodes, I think it was episode eight. And the woman whose name I'm forgetting, she's in Poland.
0: Oh, yes. Natalia Janusz.
2: Mm-hmm, yeah, the cannabis economist. She was speaking to how the individuals who are creating policy are in that generation of total prohibition. And so having someone who's of that time period and of that perspective coming to others and being like, hey, no, like, I know you learned this and this was the propaganda that came to you, but here's all this other information and here's my personal experience with healing through this plant. I just think that's beautiful and vital and something that we also need to give attention to.
0: Yeah, educating the masses and getting rid of the stigma is a very important aspect of the industry. And like you said, Claire, I can imagine... You know, when you're setting up a business, there's just so many, and especially if it's a cannabis business, there are just so many different aspects that you have to take into account to think about all these little things. It's great that you can actually think about what are the blind spots? What are things that are often overlooked? Or how can I make these people's lives way, way easier? And it sounds like with your experience, you've set up systems to actually help these people. So it's uh, really, really nice. How would you guys like to see the industry uh, develop in Europe, having seen it grow in the States?
2: Yeah, that's an excellent question. I think that, you know, as other countries and other states and other principalities legalize, it's important to look at the best and the worst of each set of laws. One aspect that I really believe that Europe will be able to uphold is a sustainability model. You know, in the U.S., and Washington in particular, there is so much waste and so much garbage and so much single-use plastic that is employed in the industry that it's disappointing, you know, especially on the west coast of the U.S. There's this idea that they're so sustainable and they're so focused on recycling and the environment, and yet they created these laws that made it so you can only use basically single-use plastic for a lot of your packaging. And... Like, it just, it doesn't compute for me. Like, you can make packaging out of hemp and use that instead. And so I'd really love to see Europe take on sustainability in the industry as far as how to get product to patients and to customers. You know, and I think education is also incredibly vital. Allowing for cannabis education, you know, once you reach a certain age, I believe the drinking age in most of Europe is 18, if not all. And so treating it similarly is like, okay, this is something that you can experience. These are the benefits. These are some challenges you may face with it if you're using it. And really have comprehensive education, you know? I think it's time to break the taboo about cannabis. It's here. It's legalizing everywhere. It's here to stay. And it's recreational and fun for some people, yeah, but also it's important medicine. So I think for me, really focusing on the sustainability and education as Europe comes online is going to be vital.
1: Yeah, and I would add to that too, availability and education around dosage and usage of Rick Simpson oil, RSO in particular, because that to me is the most miraculous form of medicine. And I really strongly believe it's for everybody and in some way or another. One of the things that I noticed in Washington is that, that kind of medical grade wasn't really available for a while to the main market because of a number of reasons, but I think a lot of it had to do with testing policy that was put into place. People for a long time in the states thought that the highest amount of THC made the best product. It kind of destroyed the availability of other cannabinoids and terpenes that are really healing, and that's I think that's where RSO eventually kind of made a comeback in the recreational market because there became a demand finally for the medicine. So I would say, as far as Europe goes, education, piggybacking off of what Claire was saying, and especially with like an RSO emphasis, that would be a really beautiful thing to see what kind of healing could take place in, in Europe with that.
2: Yeah, and also an understanding of like trace cannabinoids and terpenes and not just focusing on THC and CBD, which are both incredible and potent cannabinoids that react with our endocannabinoid system. But there are so many other aspects of this plant that are healing and fun. And so, (laughs) you know, really educating, you know, not only about usage, but yeah, like Kyle said, dosage and what's in this plant. And that's also where we need more research.
0: Yeah, no, definitely. And Kyle, I just want to state actually, because you were talking about Rick Simpson oil, and you're curious about What's going on there in Europe, actually, on episode 17, I spoke to Mike Wise, who's an American that actually has been living in Europe for a while, and he actually just moves from country to country. He's got a van, just like you guys. He's a wakeboarder. He used to be a skateboarder, but he's also a cannabis activist, a filmmaker, and actually he went over and filmed Rick Simpson. He's got his own documentary with Rick Simpson, and he makes Rick Simpson oil for for people in Europe. So uh, there are a few people out there doing something.
1: Yeah, that's awesome. I actually actually, did listen to that episode, and, and I was like so excited to hear that he was making it available on his website as a form of activism. That is just super beautiful, you know, to be like, actually, I'm not okay with this system,
0: and I'm going to heal
1: people with my activism. Like, that's That's a, a direct answer
0: to something. Yeah, it's awesome what Mike's doing, absolutely. But yeah, like you said, Claire, it would be great if the cannabis industry could enter Europe in a sustainable way. And also in a fair way, you know, so that everyone could get an equal opportunity to get their foot in the door.
2: Yeah. And I think one way that Europe could really bring that about, you know, whether it's as the EU as a whole or individual countries, is by creating panels of experts in all these different areas, whether it's, you know, the economics, the environmental impact, individuals who have worked as activists medical patients, bringing together experts in all these various aspects that impact the industry and that the industry impacts itself to discuss the pros and cons of every single regulation that could be brought into effect. I think really, since we have so many experts that are coming up now, utilizing that knowledge and Creating policy from that place of information is going to be vital as opposed to just having, you know, one lobby group or one politician being like, okay, like, let's do this. It's like, how can we bring everyone into the conversation to create the most well-rounded and most representative policy?
0: I could not have said it better myself. Yeah, because if you've only got a few lobbyists, it's going to be such a narrow perspective. And I think a lot of these politicians, you know, they just don't know, you know, maybe they have the best intentions, but they might be doing completely wrong policymaking. So, uh, but actually, I've only got one last question for you guys, which is a question I ask all my guests. And that is, if you could go back in time, is there anything you would do differently?
2: There is something I would do differently and that is just educate myself more. Because like I was saying, there's always so much more to know and so much more to learn. And you know, in my time in Washington, I visited over fifty, maybe a hundred grows and processing facilities, and you know, I got to see so many different ways of growing product and creating product and extracting product, but I don't have a chemistry background or a biology background. And so I never got to fully comprehend from a really personal level, the creation of these products. And yeah, I think if I could go back, I would just really study more on how to create concentrates and what are all the phytonutrients that cannabis needs to really thrive and bring out different trace cannabinoids. So just learn more.
1: <laughs> yeah. I would probably say exactly the same thing. I, I definitely being in the legacy industry and the recreational industry for however many years now, uh, there have definitely been times where I've, I've been stagnant and just kind of focus on a task at hand, maybe focusing on other aspects of life, which is really natural. But yeah, the same thing. I was I was around some total mad scientists when it came to cultivation and extraction. And I still have some connections in that regard too. So this is kind of reminding me like, oh, I can always call them up and ask them <laughs> about things like that. So the education, yeah, just continually being educated, which we all have an opportunity to do. And I'm, I'm also really... Grateful and excited about Sky Colony Consulting because it's going to put us into a lot of scenarios where we're going to be learning a lot still, you know, and I think probably in a much more rapid pace than we have in the past.
0: Nice. So, where can our listeners find out more about Sky Colony Consulting and what you guys do?
2: Yeah. So, we can be found via our website at skycolonyconsulting.com. You can also find me on LinkedIn. Claire Polis at Sky Colony Consulting. And then also I am starting a chapter of the Women's Cultivating Success, also known as the Women's Cannabis Chamber of Commerce. Um, I'm going to be starting our first chapter in Arizona. And so I can also be reached via the Women's Chamber of Commerce website.
0: Great. Well, thank you so much for coming on the show. It's been an absolute pleasure. Awesome. Thanks so much, Tom. Yeah, thank you so much. Great. So that was Claire and Kyle from Sky Colony Consulting on the show. I just want to thank them for taking the time. It was an absolute pleasure having them. If you want to find out more about what they do, remember to check out skycolonyconsulting.com. And you can also find them both, actually, on LinkedIn at Claire Polis, That's P-O-U-L-O-S. And kyle finley meyer so finley meyer is spelt f-i-n-d-l-e-y dash meyer which is m-e-i-e-r also make sure to subscribe to this podcast and check out our website at www.smellslikebusiness.com i've been your host tom have a green day everybody Like business.